Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Can you hear me? I can hear I can hear you, but I don't see squiggles, so uh, that's just not say great. ha 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 ha. Okay, oh, there we go. I see some squiggles. I do too. I'm just gonna stop it and then listen to it. Great. Eric, girl. Should be working because Eric left us alone. It's also because we started late. That's our bad. That's always, you know. That's always the tea, though. It is what it is. He knows who we are. We all know who we are. Wait, who am I? Where am I? What is this? Hi, everybody. Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. Come on, bitch. (laughs) And And this this is... Dead Time Stories! A weekly podcast where Sarah and I get together and talk about ghost stories, true crime, mysteries, cults, conspiracies, the supernatural, paranormal, or even just the generally weird, eerie, spooky, strange stuff that we want to talk about that week. Why is that, Sarah? Because it's our show and not yours. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Those are the facts. Y'all, I know you know this already, but we're back in the studio. We're back, back, back. It feels great. magical. And hang on a second. Because if this is your first time listening, stop. Go, Go back. back to the beginning. Listen from the beginning. Listen from the first episode. Do it. You won't regret. I know you're like, I'm not doing that. But really, no, stop right now. Stop. I'm telling you. And go back. Start from the beginning. Thank you so much. Welcome back. How much do you think our regular listeners hate that? I think they've come to love it. Because they don't it's say our, anything. It's our three years. And because it's our ago, show. I fell down a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago. It's a magical way. It's our version of that. It's I mean, we are in Foon. It's in our case show. You guys and didn't not realize. yours. We are in Foon. We were. We probably didn't mention that we are living in a magical land. Um, but we're also talking about ghosts and shit uh, on the world called Earth. Remember when Adol Rafai was on? I do. He played Chunt. He I plays know. Chunt. You remember when I got nervous and I, like, insulted you him? You were a bitch. <laughs> yeah. I think about that often. I it, get that. It keeps me up at night. There was a, I think I told you that, yeah, there was a guy I did that to in high school, and I think about that a lot. And my mom was like, you're really mean to him. And I was like, no, I was, like, flirting. I was just like, I just really respect Sarah everything Sarah looks like she might do. cry right now, actually. I'm so sorry. <sighs> I literally think I'm like, did we blow our, did I blow our chances? No, because <laughs> I told you, he called us friends. He said it. And he I said have it, it. And you can't take that back. We have recorded proof. He said we were friends now and that we could look, and he insisted that if we were in Chicago, we look him up and so we hang out. Adel Rafai is our best friend. <laughs> That's what we're we talk at. to him every day. Do you remember when he was on our show? Do you like us? Are you listening? Are you here because of that? (laughs) Give us your money. We have a Patreon. We have $1, $5, $10, $15 tiers. And they all have cool shit in them. They do. Sarah. I don't know. All right. I'll bring it back. Come back here, girlfriend. How you doing today? I'm good. Good. I'm good. Life is good. You spent time outside today. I was outside in the garden all day. Um, Charlie and I signed a lease, so we're not homeless. Which is great. That's a great feeling. So that's fun. Um, you know, just like everything's coming up Millhouse. Sure. We're 
you know, living life over here. And to be clear, you weren't homeless. I mean, you're okay. You have a roof over your head. I wasn't but I get it. homeless, but we'll, we'll look, talk about we that next week. Got denied multiple times, and never in my life have I had to apply to multiple places and get denied at multiple places to the point where. But then the first I was one like, we are going to be homeless. The one you wanted. It did. It worked out. It got away, and then it came back because it was meant to be. Won't he do it? He did it. Didn't he do it? He did. I said thank you. I said thank you so much. He did it. I said thank you. (laughs) I said thank you so much. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Things are also good. Everything's coming up, Stephanie? Everything's coming up, Steph House. Tiff House. Tiff House. (laughs) Um, Tammy Perkins. (laughs) Everything's coming up, Tammy Perkins. Um, Yeah, no, things have been good. I'm excited about... Ending one chapter of my life and beginning another uh, business-wise and creativity-wise. And it's very exciting. And I've gotten to do more, like, drag painting. And I had a photo shoot that I can't wait to show pictures from. That was really, really cool. And I can't wait to start performing again in Philadelphia. And doing different kinds of performance that I haven't done before. Like drag and burlesque and... Gonna be so I'm good. Just very excited to begin a new a new artistic chapter of my life. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. I'm Ugh. at a job that I like. Yes. I'm working from home on Fridays. Ooh, ah! living La Vida Loca. I'm off next Friday because what, I'm trying to think of when this comes out. It'll be this Friday when mm-hmm. this comes out because Saturday is Juneteenth and my office recognizes it, but because it falls on a Saturday, we're observing it on Friday. So I, I have Friday it. off. Ugh, I love that so much. <sighs> right? I love that. So things are cool. And then uh, also we're going to Six Flags on We're going Saturday? to Six Flags on Juneteenth. Can't wait. And depending on what time we get back, I might go see a Juneteenth drag show. Ugh. I might go with you. It's my birthday. I would love Let's to go. if you want to. I would love to go see Vincelle's Black Girl Magic on Juneteenth. I am not planning to go to yoga on Sunday because I plan ah. on just having a whole day on Saturday. So, yeah, we're going to have a whole Saturday. day at Six Flags. And if we're back in time, I'm sure it's at, like, 8 o'clock. You know, it depends on if when we, we leave. Get, if we get to Six if Flags at 9 in the morning. Open, which is what we want, then, yeah, if we could follow it up with uh, Black Ooh. Girl Magic on Juneteenth with Vincelle. Ooh. And uh, Avery Goodname. Who's another drag queen that I'm very fond of. I love it. Oh, this is all great, guys. So we're going to go out and live our best post-pandemic vaccinated lives. Thank you so much for attending. This has been Dead Time Stories. Yes. I'm vaxxed. I'm waxed. And I'm ready to give you the facts. I'm not waxed, though. I don't believe in that. No. Oh, my God. It hurts. (laughs) I've never done it, but I heard that it hurts. I don't. I mean, I, be- I know it happens. I know it, it exists. exists. So I don't want to say I don't believe in it. Then I know that it's real, but sure, I don't buy into that. I guess is what I mean more. Sure, but, yeah. If you get waxed, it's an accident. If you, <laughs> it was an unintentional. How did I accidentally get waxed? You like I don't no, know. If you get like, waxed, each like... person is in control of their own body. And if you like to get waxed, and that's your thing, then girl or boy or person. Uh, I fully support your right to do that on of your course. own body. I'm not into I'm not into waxing. That's not my thing. No, it's never no. But I'm into talking about some weird shit, Sarah. Are, are you ready? Are you ready? I think I'm ready. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Stephanie. Hey, hey Leslie. Y'all, Y'all ready, ready to talk about some ghosts? Y'all ready to talk about some ghosts? I kind of miss not drawing it out. I love saying it in unison. Oh, it's so much easier. I'm going first today, right? You are. 
Okay, we Sarah, planned it out in advance. We did. I'm ready. What are you talking I'm just about? Confirming. What are you talking about? Sarah, I'm going to ask you a question. I have waited such a long time to ask you. No, I will not put it in my butt. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What? What in your butt? I don't know. What? What in the butt? Stephanie, I'm just butt? saying no. You would, no. No. I don't want to do it in anybody's. In, well, not, 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 not in anybody's. I don't want to do it in your butt, and I don't want you to do it in my butt. We're good on the same page. Sarah, that's not. Okay, I'm sorry. What were you going to ask me? Sarah. Stephanie. What do you know about QAnon? Ooh. It's the devil. <laughs> they are not Christian. I mean. People no, they are. are. They but... are. They're like crazy evangelical Christians. I mean, not all of them. There's a fair what do you amount. Know, what do you know about QAnon? I know, didn't it start as a website forum spouting far conservative, weird conspiracy theories about rich people kidnapping children, using them as sex pawns, and then draining their blood for immortality? You've got a lot of good you've got a lot of things correct in there and it is pretty open because if we were to go the hardest thing about this episode and playing this episode was how to rein it in right because if we were to go into oh my all God, the things I can't that even they imagine believe, QAnon itself uh, is a big rabbit hole and then there are like rabbit holes within QAnon so when I say that I want to talk about it respectively not respectively in that I think that it has any validity whatsoever but then I want to be <laughs> an unbiased journalist, which we don't really strive for on this show. God, no. But I think that that's very important when approaching this subject. Because every time that I talk to people about it, one of the words that people use a lot is crazy. Because we, and we call it a conspiracy theory. It's a cult. I go so far as to say it is, I defined it as a far right wing American conspiracy theory cult alleging that a cabal of satanic cannibalistic pedophiles run a global child sex trafficking ring and that they conspired against former president Donald Trump. That's the best way that I could describe them. Sure. Okay. Okay. I honestly, I feel like that's a really good summation. That's a fair way to, which is yeah, more so, than fair. Listen, you can be unbiased and I'm going to be biased to every as fuck. And that's I just want to say we here at Dead Time Stories do not endorse oh, no, QAnon. No and we let you know right now it is fiction. And like you said, there's no validity to anything that they're saying. I, I hope to be able to answer some questions for you if I can. But I also wrote this basically as like, as like a FAQ, what okay. I, like kind of questions that I was expecting to field. Okay. And then if more questions come up, I will be happy to answer them. Okay. Okay. Let's go. So then the next question that comes up is who is Q of QAnon? What is QAnon, right? Uh, because all of the followers of QAnon follow Q. So Q, it's believed by the followers, is a high-ranking government insider, presumably with a military or intelligence background, committed to exposing the hidden truth of the international bureaucracy scheming against Donald Trump. <laughs> Primarily for his supposed mission to expose and bring an end to the leftist satanic elites that are running the world with their giant sex trafficking ring. Q is an anonymous figure, so nobody knows exactly for a fact who Q is. Sure. Posting cryptic messages for their, for their followers uh, who call themselves Anons. 
uh, and it's for them to decipher. Some believe that it's Trump himself. Other popular choices were Steve Bannon, Roger Stone, uh, and just other people that are higher up in Trump's, like, camp. I mean, I'm sure it's not one person. You think it might be one person? We'll get into that. We'll get into that. Um, I definitely don't think it's Trump. He's not. No. Now, here's the thing is there are times when Trump has retweeted or said things that were tied to posts from Q or from Q's followers. And there was a day in particular. I don't have the date written down, but there was a day where Trump tweeted and Q posted Back to back, like within less than a minute of each other, three times in the same day. Yeah. Which also led people to be like, be like, oh my God, that's Trump. Um, now, you had mentioned a website, right? Like QAnon. Where does QAnon post? So um, QAnon bounced around on a bunch of different image boards kind of websites, right? And uh-huh. it was on 4chan for a long time. Uh, It was on Reddit a little bit before it was banned completely from Reddit. Yeah. And ultimately, it moved to a website called 8chan, and we'll talk about that a little bit further down in the rabbit hole. So I wanted to talk about some vocabulary of QAnon. So there's a Q drop, which Q drops are posts that are directly from Q. Sometimes they are also referred to as breadcrumbs. Um, because okay. you, and there are phrases that you'll hear a lot, including follow the breadcrumbs, um, like Hansel and Gretel, it's going to lead yeah, you out of lead the woods you to, to the, the truth. truth. Yes, you get it. Right. <laughs> My head hurts already. <laughs> <laughs> then there are people who are, it's not really an organization, QAnon, mm-hmm. but there are people who are like popular within the, the QAnon group. And yeah. the really, really popular people are called bakers because the bakers have the breadcrumbs. And because they sort of bake the stories, they are the ones that interpret the actual Q posts. Mm -hmm. So Q drops are very short. They're not usually full sentences. It's all in like code. Um, But you know it's from Q because it's posted from the same encrypted address because 8chan is an anonymous website. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can't trace it to where it's coming from, but it has the same address every time. So it Mm -hmm. is being posted at least since 2018 from the same same IP address, the same, like, channel. Okay? Okay. Yes. Um. So the majority of the information that people are talking about aren't really necessarily from Q posts themselves. They're from people who are interpreting. Speculating and people who their whole thing. uh, There are people who do it on YouTube, although YouTube has demonetized it now. People who make their money from talking about QAnon. Mm -hmm. Um, But (laughs) they're referred to as QTubers. Oh, my God. I fucking hate all of it. But they are people who, or they have a podcast, or they have whatever. There are people who have a show who, like, they make their entire money by, like, they'll see a Q drop, which, remember, I told you is just, like, mm-hmm. less than a paragraph. Mm-hmm. And they will spend hours researching, deciphering, deciphering following the breadcrumbs, doing their own research, which I put in quote fingers. Of course. Um, they And that's how, like the information is disseminated is from the people who follow the Q drops on a chan. Okay. One of the phrases that you'll see a lot, or one of the hashtags is WWG one WGA, which is where we go. One, we go all <laughs> to the Capitol. We'll get to that. 
Some of the words that you'll hear kicked around again, and here's what they're what they mean. There's the storm, which remember they talked about storming the capital. So what the storm is and was anticipated to be, and depending on who you ask, still is, is the much-anticipated future event to QAnon lore. It's when the Justice Department, which is holding hundreds of thousands of sealed indictments against Democratic politicians and other members of the elite, uh, they will make these indictments public and arrests will commence. (laughs) The other phrase you'll hear about is the Great Awakening. The Great Awakening is when that happens and... Basically, when the beliefs of QAnon finally become public knowledge, and it's undeniable that the people who believe in QAnon have been right the whole time. Of course. Uh, (laughs) This became a big deal. I mean, it's always been a big deal. But this became a really big deal after they stormed the Capitol. That was when I was like, who are these people? What is this? Um, But they all anticipated that that was not the storm, by the way, storming the Capitol. Mm Mm-hmm. They anticipated that the storm would happen at the inauguration of Biden. Yes. So they were like, this is when it's going to happen. He's not really going to be He's not going to be president. What's going to happen is all the people from the Justice Department are going to come out with all the indictments. Yeah. And then they're going to uh-huh. start arresting uh-huh. all the politicians. And we're all going to see that we were right this whole yes. time. Yes. And then it didn't happen. And it Lady Gaga happen. sang. And they were like, fuck. <laughs> If there's anything that QAnon people hate the most, it's Lady Lady Gaga. Gaga. Um, I will say I saw a few, and it's probably few and far between, but I I was listening to some podcast that was talking sort of about how to talk to your friends and relatives who are in QAnon and how to try to have that conversation with them to help pull them out of. And they interviewed a few people who said after – they were watching the inauguration and Biden didn't get arrested. arrested. They were like, oh, wait, maybe I'm in a maybe I've been in a maybe cult this, this whole wrong. time. Maybe this is wrong. And so I think some people left and then I think the rest of them just doubled down. Right. Yeah. So you don't really hear much about it now since mm-hmm. the inauguration. And yeah, some people double down. Some people are like, I guess this is all bullshit. I mean, um, some of them doubled down so much that they stormed the Capitol. Right. And I also want to say that was a very serious thing that happened and people keep brushing over it in this country and we can't act like it didn't happen, like it wasn't – people died and people are walking away without any repercussions for those actions and it's absolutely ridiculous and it was a much bigger deal than anyone is portraying it out to be. Yeah. So, and the storm, mind you, storming the Capitol happened before the inauguration, um, but after Biden was elected, because the election in the United mm-hmm. States, because we know that we have international listeners, yes. in the United States, the election happens in November, and then the U.S. has the longest what's called lame duck period, which is the turnover between when we actually elect somebody and when they take over. Now, it comes from back in the old times when people yeah. had to travel across the country to, to get, get to the White House. <laughs> And it took them a couple months, maybe, to get all the way over there and then get their shit moved in. We don't really have that issue anymore. And that's a topic of conversation that people, you know, talk about in NPR, but it's not big conversation that people talk about everywhere all the time. Yeah. Um, but it leaves a big open window for the lame duck, which is the sitting president who is leaving, <laughs> to do, do weird a whole shit bunch of shit. Should they, should they choose to? Yeah. Pardon everybody. Right. 
Oh, have you watched Trial by Media? No. Oh, okay, that's a later conversation. Okay. Um, but there was a guy, the last episode was about uh, Roy Bogoyevich, who was pardoned by Trump. Um, but we're not going to get into that. Yes. Uh, one of the other terms you hear a lot is the deep state. No. The deep state are the deeply entrenched powers within the U.S. government that work on behalf of the cabal. Uh, then you'll see some hashtags like hashtag save our children, which seems innocuous. Uh, but it's a popular hashtag that was actually overtaken by Q followers in reference to the children that are being sex trafficked by the cabal. Yes. They tell people to do the research all the time. The research that they want you to do is they want you to fall down the Q rabbit hole where you watch a bunch of people on YouTube talking about Q and what it means for a long, long time. Um, but no one with any actual credible but that's background. Where the research is. Yeah, right. Of course. Do your research into the propaganda that we serve you. So... I'll talk a little bit about the website history of QAnon and how it's bounced around. And then I'll talk about what I think is the most important question about QAnon. So we'll get back to that after I talk about it bouncing around. How it around. bounces around. Okay. So um, like any other political following, it's a bit of a mishmash, right? There are some people who are like evangelical Christians. Mm -hmm. There are some people who are like, hey, man, I voted for Bernie. And then I realized it was fucked up and the system's broken and I'm about changing the system. Like they don't really care about anything. Um, and then <laughs> trolls. Trolls, right. So trolls to me are a big part of it and they're the worst part of it, right? Yes. Naturally. Because you're making it worse. But many people have been, and we talked about this, but many people have been isolated from their entire family based on these beliefs. And they're, they'll say like, you know, my, like my wife divorced me, like my kids don't talk to me anymore. Because they just can't see, like, but, you know, someday after the Great Awakening. The Great Awakening, they'll all come they're crawling all gonna back. <laughs> they're not going to look at themselves and realize, ooh, maybe everyone that I know around me is leaving me. Maybe I'm the problem. So Q used to post on 4chan, which 4chan usually has, like, a bunch of memes and whatever, but it's an image board kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. like, kind of like Reddit. A lot of these... All these websites that we're going to talk about are these image board style yeah. websites. Um, so originally they were on 4chan and like everywhere else, they were getting kicked off because mm -hmm. their followers were just so like just awful. Like just a lot of white supremacists, neo-Nazis, like really racist stuff, really sexist, um, all that stuff. Just really gross. And <laughs> 8chan was like, hey, this is the website of free speech. And whatever you want to talk about, you can talk about on 8chan. And it's completely anonymous. This was started by a guy named Frederick Brennan. And Brennan is kind of an important character, let's call him. Okay. Because he was the founder of 8chan. Okay. Some stuff you should know about Brennan is that, uh, so he was born in 1994. He's only 27. He's a very young guy, okay? He was born with brittle bone disease, so mm -hmm. he has been um, handicapped most of his life. He has been in a wheelchair. He didn't go out a lot as a kid. He talks about this a lot because it has a lot to do with when he was young and immature and building this website, right? So he was in his early teens when he started working on this, and he said that he grew up with just un- bridled internet access and then no access to like real friends 
So he admits that he was super toxic. He was very angry. He was an incel. Mm -hmm. He was part of another board called Wizard Chan, which Wizard Chan is all for incels who are who are male virgins. And that's the thing that they all talk about, like how, you know, women don't want to have sex with them for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And part of the things that were going on in these message boards, a lot of them were things that were (laughs) really awful, like we've talked about. But like when I say really awful, like fair warning, I'm talking about people saying shit like that they should like kill handicapped babies. Mm. And he would see shit on there. And he his feeling at the time as like a young teenager was like, this is how people really feel. And they're yeah. afraid to say this out loud. And my website is giving people an opportunity for real free speech because they're not afraid of the consequences. Like they say what they really feel. And this is how people really feel. Yeah. And he's not realizing it's just all the assholes and trolls. Right. Um, and so that was his mindset when he like first built the website. And um, he is no longer affiliated with 8chan, and we'll get into that as well. So he was running it in, I want to say he started it in 2013, and it was getting really, really popular. And he had partnered with the owner of 2chan, which is a guy named Jim Watkins, and his son, Ron Watkins. These are important people as well. Mm-hmm. So 8chan was, because it allowed this total freedom of speech with anonymity, it was linked to white supremacy, neo-Nazism, the alt-right, racism, hate crimes, multiple mass shootings. All of the bad things. All these terrible, terrible things. Um, They had a lot of issues with people posting child pornography on this website. Uh, Like, everything. So they were having a hard time getting hosted. (laughs) Huh, I wonder why. No um, website server wanted to host them because of their history, right? Well, no website server in the United States. So that was when he partnered with Jim and Ron because they're based out of the Philippines. Jim made most of his money in the 90s um, running porn websites that he ran offshore. (laughs) Sure. So that was how Ron made them, or that was how Jim, Jim is the father, Jim Mm -hmm. made the majority of his money. And so when I say he was the owner of 2chan, that's disputed as well. He helped found it. It's a Japanese website. It's another really popular image boarding site. Um, And at one point, there was like a a little lapse in like the domain ownership, and he bought it out from under them. Oh. (laughs) And so that's, he is Like a turd. So he's the disputed owner of 2chan. So he is who was like, hey... Frederick, you're having trouble hosting your website in the U.S. We love 8chan. We would love you to move to the Philippines. We're going to help pay for your apartment. We're going to, you know, we're going to be partners. We're going to run this website together. So a number of things happened after Frederick was working for them. Or we'll just call him Fred or Brennan. We'll call him Brennan. Um, But after Brennan was working for them, on top of the difficulties he was having in the personal relationships he had with the Watkins, he also was really regretting the direction that 8chan was going in. He, at one point, he stepped down from uh, Wizard Chan because he had lost his virginity and he didn't feel like it was appropriate for him to help run that site anymore. Oh. But he also got married in the Philippines and he was like, I was like a really shitty, toxic kid who felt like everybody hated me and wanted me to die. And that was part of why I founded this website. And I really don't want to be a part of it anymore. Yeah. Yes. So he remained as an administrator until 2016 when he allowed the Watkins to fully buy him out. Wow. So Jim and Ron 
own, well, Jim owns 8chan, and Ron is who is the head administrator of 8chan. Okay. And they took it over fully in 2016. So Just in time. So they owned it before the 2016 election. And QAnon really picked up after Trump was elected. Yes. Because it was like, he is going to bring down the system. <laughs> um, so with that... Uh, we talked about the move from uh, 4chan to 8chan. So that happened around 2018 for Q. Q posts started coming exclusively on 8chan in 2018. And since 2018, they were all coming from the same address. So, like, mm-hmm. confirmed from 2018 on, it was always the same person. Same, yeah. So <laughs> that's a lot of information for you to take in. While you sit on that, here's what I'm going to tell you. I think the most important question is, Mm -hmm. why do, quote unquote, normal people believe in QAnon? I think that is the most important question about QAnon. The answer that I have for you, I hope I'm going to say this word right, but the biggest answer I have for you is guided apophenia. So apophenia is the tendency to perceive a connection or meaningful pattern between unrelated or random things such as objects or ideas. I believe that you, as a person who formerly ran an escape room, have probably seen this phenomenon where people will see something and they are convinced that it is a clue. And that it's it con- means another thing. Yes. And it's just a coincidence mm-hmm. that it maybe suggests this one way, but that's not what it is. Mm-hmm. When normal people with assumptions that are normal and logical assumptions but are still completely and entirely wrong. That's apophenia. Guided apophenia is like someone, Q, is leaving these weird clues behind for people to find them, and people who spend hours reading these messages are going to find quote-unquote clues in them Mm -hmm. that make total logical sense that they can explain to you. Now... There are tons of Q ideas or whatever that came up that never came true. There were tons of things that Q posted about that never, ever happened. And they can completely dismiss all of the things that didn't happen because like there are like four or five happened. things that they're like, no, this means this. And not even like a direct fact, but they're convinced that it's a fact that they're like, no, he said this, this, and this. And what it really meant was this. And then this happened on this day. Mm-hmm. And when people spend... <laughs> hours, days, weeks, months fixating fixating on this thing, they are going to find these clues. They are going to find these connections that don't actually exist. And the way that your brain is wired, like you get a big rush of dopamine when you think that you've solved the puzzle. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking at the picture, it makes me think about like, Those 3D pictures from the 90s. Yes. I could never see the picture in the picture. I never could. Mm -hmm. I never, ever could, no matter how hard I looked. But the people that could look at it, and they're like, right there, don't you see there's a boat in this picture? And I'm like, I don't know. Aren't we we looking at the same thing? Don't you see this connection here? And, like, it's not there, but they're so devoted to it. And, like, they have built themselves into it so hard that it's really difficult if not impossible to just break them down and be reasonable about it yes because it doesn't 
it doesn't like happen overnight. And this is the thing I was talking about with my brother, where my brother was like, I just don't understand how people can wake up one day and believe this. And I was like, you That's don't. That's just it. That's just it with any cult. And this is what fascinates me about cults in general. But with any cult, it is never like you wake up one day and you agree with everything. Yep. It takes time. But over time, when you're fed these little pieces of information that you feel resonate with you and you're watching YouTube and it's like, you like that video, you're going to love this. And you watch that for hours at a time and you see these educated, logical people, seemingly, yeah, who have spent so much of their time devoted to solving this puzzle and this mystery it has become gamified where it's like people are so excited that they're in on solving the puzzle and solving the mystery. And behind that, um, their motivation, because when you're like, isn't it ridiculous that you think lizard people and Satanists and drinking blood, all of them will go back to what drives them, which is a very noble cause, which is the end of human child sex trafficking. Sure. Yes. Child sex trafficking is a real thing that happens. And yes, it's really, really terrible. And when you feel like that's something you really want to fight against and you are completely helpless to stop it. Mm -hmm. But here is this group of people who tell you this is actually what's really behind it. If there is any piece of that that resonates with you, it leaves space for more of that information to come in Mm -hmm. and affect how you think about it. So that to me is the most important question. What is QAnon if you believe Q, or who is Q if you believe in QAnon? Q is a trusted, close source to the president, with uh, or former president, yeah. President Trump, with inside information. If you don't believe, then Q is a master troll whose only intent is to sow chaos. That, to me, is terrifying, right? Yep. More than... What's scarier to me is not wild than the idea of this, like, liberal elite child sex trafficking ring, which to me sounds completely preposterous. But what doesn't sound preposterous to me is someone who gets their kicks on sowing malcontent and just the sheer power of confusing people and, like, making people scared and how uh, controlling how people vote with the misinformation that you give them. That's powerful, and that's really, really scary. And one of the (laughs) – I got a number. I I was looking for a number for a long time of, like, how many people really believe in QAnon? How many people really follow this? And it is a number that is far larger than I wanted to accept. (laughs) The answer is about 30 million people. Yes. Which is about 10% of the United States population. About 10% of the United States population believes that our society is controlled by a satanic elitist cabal that sex traffics children and eats their, like, eats them, drains their blood for drugs. Like, really? And that Donald Trump is going to become president again. And that Donald Trump again. is the one who's going to bring the one who's all stop of it. that to an end. Yep. <sighs> I have a theory as to who Ron Watkins, or who Ron Watkins is. Who? <laughs> who runs it? I have a theory as to who Q is, and it's not entirely from my idea. It is substantiated by a documentary that I can recommend that's on HBO Max uh, from Cullen Hoback. It's called Q Into the Storm. And he 
meets with uh, Frederick Bannon and he meets with Ron and Jim Watkins and he is following them for a few years uh, creating this documentary. And based on his documentary (laughs) and what he leads you to believe, but I agree with him, uh, he says that he believes Q to be Ron Watkins, so Jim's son, the head administrator of 8chan. So remember we talked a little bit about how how Q kind of jumped around, right, and was showing up on different websites. But once Q was on 8chan, Q was always posting from the same IP address, the mm-hmm. same, like, area where it couldn't be, like, faked, but it also couldn't be, like, scanned. Who better to know how to do that than the person running the website? Um, he probably was not Q in the beginning. I don't know who Q was in the beginning, but it seems like he took over the identity of Q Mm -hmm. and, like, just kept it going for a long time. And (laughs) as, like, a LARP, which a LARP, if you don't know, is a live-action role-play, so it was, like, a game to pretend to be Q, Mm -hmm. which then evolved into this, like, massive power trip, in my personal opinion, because they don't get deep into that because he would never admit to being Q. Mm -hmm. But if he is Q, and I think that he is, then it started as a big game. And ultimately, whether he believed in the lies that he was spreading or if he came to believe in his own bullshit, very L. Ron Hubbard, like, started as some bullshit and then he started to believe what he was was saying. I couldn't tell you the why. I have all kinds of I have all kinds of theories about what kind of person that I think that he is, but obviously I do not personally know him. These are all theories and ideas based on watching this documentary, but I'm just like, ugh, he seems like the type. <laughs> like Just a douche, a troll. I can see a douche from troll. his background, from his dad, from how he grew up, I can see how he could be a person who he basically made, he's maintained a lot of internet anonymity. He doesn't really like, of course he's not on social media. He doesn't have, you mean he's been kind of, he didn't have pictures in his high school yearbooks. Anonymous. (laughs) Yes. He's very anonymous, but he very purposefully in 2021 to this day has maintained little to no online existence whatsoever. So this is a person who, I feel like has seen his American dad and like how his dad finagled the system and moved to a country where he wouldn't be prosecuted for the things that he was doing Uh, and how his whole dad, his dad has spent his, has spent Ron's whole life kind of like scheming and like not breaking the rules do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but skirting them in every possible way where like no it's not technically illegal but it's just on the edge it's a loophole right and like i think uh i think that his dad jim like knows it i don't think it's any like secret between the two of them but i think that with his dad's ideas like political ideas and with his upbringing and stuff He's, it's a recipe for disaster. Like, he's a person who I could see being like, I don't give a shit. Nobody cares about me. Nobody's feelings are real. And it's so easy for me to manipulate these people and, like, really get off on it. These are people's lives, Ron. (sighs) Ron. People's lives. Ron Watkins. Uh, I highly, highly, if you have HBO Max, I highly recommend watching Q Into the Storm just to get a little more idea on the background 
of uh, Frederick Brennan, the Watkins, A-Chan, and kind of the evidence that leads me to believe that's who Q is. Yeah. But if you are like me and you kept hearing about QAnon on the news and you were just like, what the fuck is this? These people, like, stormed the Capitol. These people had guns. These people shot people. These people killed (laughs) people. These people killed cops. These people incited violence on our nation's Capitol, which is a federal offense, and they're all running around willy-nilly like nothing happened and like it's going to happen again. And when it did happen, goddamn President Trump was like, he basically said, we love you. He didn't, first of all, he didn't say anything for like two days. And yeah, and then he came out with a statement that was like, go was home, like, we love you, like, go home. He's like, you kids, you wacky kids, He literally said, here. we love you, go home. He's a monster. I, fu- I cannot. So that's QAnon. I cannot. I quinonymous. I had heard it a bunch of times and didn't know what it meant. Do you have any other que- do you have any further questions at this time or do you think I've answered most of the pressing questions you would have about QAnon? Those are all of the questions that I would have other than just like when is its expiration date? I know, I want to see it go away. I want to see people stop buying into it cuz clearly like it's done. Can we convince them that another comet is coming that's going to bring a spacecraft that's going to take Elon Musk and all of them away if they just like eat this jello and Kill themselves. <laughs> Kill yourself. <laughs> Kill yourself. That's a joke. We don't mean it for real. I know. We don't. Please don't, Please don't think yourself. that we mean that for real. That's an awful joke. But you know what else is awful? QAnon and these lies that are being spread. Yes. That are affecting, that are affecting people's lives. I wanted to find, and I'm trying to find the last post from... Uh, Jim Watkins as opposed to uh, Ron Watkins, which Ron stepped down from 8chan at the end of 2020 after the last election (laughs) to go and talk about his bullshit some more. But basically, uh, there was a post from Jim Watkins after the inauguration that was like, you know, we did our best. We have to respect the Constitution. The end. At least he was like, the vote is what it is. Right. Instead of being like, I can't. I can't get into it. I can't. <laughs> the election wasn't stolen. It was but there stolen. were no fraudulent votes. And now people's voting rights are being taken away because of all of this bullshit. And I can't. It hurts me. Yeah, no, it's some shit, man. That's it's, scary. It's some fucking shit. That's scary, girl. That's a real-life true crime ongoing story right there. So, yeah, if you needed some background on, like, what is QAnon, who is Q, that is all the information that I can possibly... Not all the information, because they believe No, but this is shit. as far as but we are going to go. I feel like this is a great primer to let you know. Like, if you need to know more about that, you can find that on your own time. But if you just wanted to know, like, what what is what... That's what is what. And that's, uh, that's the end of me talking about QAnon. Whew. She sits back, stretches her arms out proudly. I do. I did it. It was a thing I knew I wanted to talk about for a long time. Yeah. But it was just like, how do I approach this? Because there's just so much to talk about. I kind of wish. And I felt like I did a good job. No, you did great. I love it. It was very thorough. I kind of wish I knew that you were doing that because I'm working up. And we've talked about this, but I'm working up two stories that are also directly related to 
what has now become QAnon and like white supremacy and all these weird conspiracy tiny little pockets throughout the middle of America that are causing a lot of damage that yeah. can be tied back to these other two historical events that happened. But I'm ready. I'm not, that's not I know, happening I know. today. I just mean like when you get on that, I'm ready. It'll happen soon. It's a lot. Yeah. So yeah. Here we are. All right. Makes my story not as, my story's fine. I didn't want to be it's... like, should I go second in both episodes? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, both b- mine are big. I'm my story today is something that I actually learned about today. And so Charlie was trying to give me ideas for other stories because I was like, man, I want to, I was going to cover one thing. And then as I was compiling the information, I realized that I wanted to go into more detail than I was going to be able to mm. if I ted it, if I told it today. Yeah, I know. So I was I like, I've got to continue to table this. So what am I going to talk about? And Charlie was like, oh, well, I heard about this Chinese cult. What about that? And I was like, I don't think I've heard of it. Are they the dancers? No. Oh, okay. um, do you know what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, okay. I do. <laughs> They're big in Houston. Sorry, um, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's a different one that I had heard of, actually, but he showed me a clip. He showed me this. There's this YouTube series that goes back and recaps, like, big moments in history for one year. And they'll do, like, 1980 through 1989. And so this year was 1995. And we were watching it to talk about that Chinese cult. And that came up. And I was like, oh, I have heard about that cult. I just haven't even thought to begin to cover it. But, like, I've heard last podcast talk about it. And then this other story came up. And they kind of glossed over it. And I was like, now that's a story. (laughs) Uh-oh. Now that's a story. And Charlie was like, oh, you hadn't heard of that before? I said, no, not at all. And he was like, oh, well, actually, John Oliver kind of covers it, too. Let's watch that. And we watched that, and my mind was opened, and I learned things that I did not know, so I'm going to share it with you today. My body is ready. So this is about, in 1995, the 11th Panchen Lama abduction. All right? So what is the Panchen Lama? I mean, it's a lesser llama than the Dalai Lama? Yes. Exactly. Number two. Literally number two. So it's the second most important spiritual leader in Tibetan Buddhism after the Dalai Lama. So the Panchen Lama and the Dalai Lama are kind of in tandem, right? So when the Dalai Lama dies, the Dalai Lama reincarnates into a child somewhere in the world. And is the Panchen Lama the one who has to go find The Panchen Lama finds the Dalai Lama. And so the Panchen Lama goes and finds Bobby Hill, if you will. Yes. So he has to go find him. But also the Dalai Lama before is the one who found the Panchen Lama. And then back and forth finding each other. It's like John Oliver. John Oliver compared it to an ongoing game of hide and seek. Yeah. So they're just constantly finding each other, but they have to appoint and find the other. Right. Somebody in China kidnapped the Panchen Lama in the 90s. Yes, here, we'll get into it. I'm just making sure I'm understanding, like, bringing it back. What's going to happen, yes, and we will bring it back. So the Dalai Lama finds the Panchen Lama when the Panchen Lama is a child, and then the Panchen Lama grows up. At some point, the Dalai Lama dies. The Dalai Lama will reincarnate somewhere, and the Panchen Panchen Lama will be the one who finds the Dalai Lama. Gotcha. What I didn't know because I just haven't been privy to it, and that's my own ignorance, is what the fuck is still going on in Tibet? I know a little bit, but not a lot. So I know that, like, Tibet is not free from China. Nope. 
but they are like, they want to be let us go they but also they don't fight because they're buddhists yes so they don't like war against it they're just like we really really, really hate please this. leave us alone right we really don't want to be in this situation this really sucks that's the extent of what i know and china it. is like nope. mm, right. no that's basically it um they still want freedom and China wants China wants to own everything, right. but especially they want to own the things that they consider to be like on their land. And right. Tibet takes up a large majority of China. China. So China's like, I want it. So it stems from Tibet claiming that they were a free and sovereign state until the 1950s when the People's Republic of China invaded them and took over. The People's Republic of China is like, no, you've been ruled by China since the Wan Dynasty in 1271. Tibet's like, no, we weren't. Some Western scholars say that it's somewhere in the middle They're that like, China. Says who? And China's like, says us, China. Like we said that we, we own said you that we own you as from early as this time. This one dynasty. And so then some Western scholars are like, okay, well, maybe it's in the middle. Maybe China took over Tibet during the what is it? During the Qing Dynasty. I'm pronouncing all these wrong. It's spelled Q-I-N-G. That started in about 1636. While others still maintain that Tibet was a free and sovereign state until 1950s when China, China came in and invaded. Yeah. So that's the big thing. He said, she said, hearsay. Either way, China is totally putting up all of these crazy restrictions on Tibet because it is a peaceful nation. It is a Buddhist nation. And it has a lot of resources like a shit ton of very useful resources. China wants it. China is pumping Tibet with propaganda, a crazy amount of police force, and all of these in crazy, crazy, crazy policies. They're also putting strict controls on the Tibetan Buddhism and how they can worship, and they've torn down multiple temples. So just totally a big old fuck you to them and their way of life. On top of that... China fucking hates the Dalai Lama because the Dalai Lama is Goes like out and spreads peace and is like, hey, hey, everybody, we just want to be chill and be peaceful. By the way, we're from Tibet. I don't know if you've heard about it. I don't know if you've heard about it, but like we're not with China. China thinks that they're with us. We're not with China. We keep telling China that we broke up with China, but China's like, we're just going through and, a rough yeah, path. Everyone loves the Dalai Lama. So, like, that's not a good look for China. No. But not only, but the Dalai Lama does and has always served as not only a spiritual leader for Tibet, but also a political leader. He's yeah. basically their president in Pope. Like, yeah. everything wrapped up into one. He has so a the, lot of is sway. Is it like a church government where, like, the person who runs the church runs the government? Basically. Okay. But it's Buddhism. So it's not. Really right. like so they're running not, they're it, not conquering people. No, right? that's he's not their thing. He's just saying, they're just fucking chilling. <laughs> they're just being chill. I just want to love people, and he he even says because John Oliver does an interview with the Dalai Lama, and um, he's like, they throw me so much negativity and just you know bad you know bad vibes, bro. And all I do is espouse good vibes back at them. But that's really it. And he's not trying to to take over land or anything like that. They really just want to have their peaceful way that they want to live their life and China is like we want to rule the world and that includes you so they hate the Dalai Lama it's gone so far as they 
say that his image is generally banned in all of China. You can't have a picture of him around. They fucking hate him. Uh, they call him a wolf in monk's clothing. When they invaded in the 1950s, in 1959, the Dalai Lama had to flee Tibet because they said that he was uh, – they were like, we're going to arrest you. We're going to arrest you, and so he had to leave, and he's never been back since. And in 2017, they banned Lady Gaga from coming to China because she had a meeting with the Dalai, with the Dalai Lama. Lama. And so they were like, you cannot come here, Gaga. <laughs> The situation is also so bad in Tibet with how much they want to be free that their main act of protest is self-immolation. Yes. Which is where you light yourself on fire. Since 2009, 154 Tibetans have committed self-immolation. 128 men, 26 women. 132 of them have died. The Dalai Lama is a spiritual political leader for the Tibetans, which means he's a huge threat to Chinese control. They've been working to diminish his power for years, all the way to, like I said, causing him to flee the country. But the Dalai Lama is also getting older, which means he needs to find his Panchen Lama, which is where we, let's go back to 1995. 1995, May 14th, the Dalai Lama publicly recognizes the 11th Panchen Lama as six-year-old Gedhan Choki Nyaima. Three days later, Gedhan and his entire family was abducted by the Chinese government. He has not been seen since that day. In November, the Chinese government appoints the next Panchen Lama, a child by the name of Gangkane Norbu. Oh, they were like, they this found is one. Your Panchen Lama. So they got mad because they wanted to have a hand in how oh, he chose the Panchen Lama because the Panchen Lama picks the next Dalai Lama. The Panchen Lama picks the next Dalai Lama. And if they can get a Panchen Lama who's going to pick them a Chinese communist Dalai Lama, then they're in business and Tibet is theirs. The problem is, this isn't just a matter of. Picking a name out of a hat, which is what they fucking did. This is a matter of this is this is the Buddhist this is this practice. Reincarnated. Like I found this person. The Dalai Lama has to find the, the Dalai Lama. Recognize them as the yes, and you can't just walk in communist China into their religion and say no. You have to do it our way. But that's exactly what they did because when the Dalai Lama appointed the real. Next Panchen Lama, they said, mm, we're China, we control everything. They kidnapped him. They literally pulled the name of this kid out of a selection of five that they placed in a golden urn. I shit you not, that was their method. They pulled his name out of an urn and said, that's your next Panchen Lama. The Dalai Lama, of course, has denounced China saying, yo, it's rude as fuck to walk into our practices <laughs> and our belief and tell us how to do it. But it's even, I have to love this too, because the Dalai Lama is low-key really petty, but he was like, um, 
Oh, you he's know. got lifetimes to hold a grudge. He's like, it's rude as hell for you to go in and take over and think that you can just step into our beliefs. Number one, your Panchen Lama isn't the real Panchen Lama. So, like, good luck with that one because he's like, he's not going to find. He's like, can we pick up Panchen Lama? And China was like, we've got Panchen Lama at home. And, and this, is like, the this is the Panchen Lama they have. Lama at home. And it's not the one that you wanted. But he's so petty that at this point, the Dalai Lama was like, you know what? I might not even reincarnate. I might be the last one. But then what about you? Because you didn't find my Panchen Lama and I can't, like, I might not even, I might not reincarnate. Which I'm like, I love that. But also, like, what about your people, bro? What about the people of Tibet? Or we could end up with two Dalai Lamas. The one that the pension from the Chinese government picks, and then the real one who might come in to try to usurp power. And maybe they look alike. And maybe it's a whole whole and thing maybe about we twins. Have to them apart because one of them has a mustache. And one of them's an imposter. Who's the imposter? The one with the mustache. Yeah, definitely. Always. Or the one with the monocle. I know. I know. What if one of them has a mustache and the other one has a monocle? I don't know. That's the problem. Then we're going to have to ask him a question. Like when you were, when you had a meeting with Lady Gaga in 2017, what did you talk about and how did she style her hair that day? That's how we're going to be able to tell. That's how we're going to know who the real one is. As of 2020, this 11th Panchen Lama, I'm probably mispronouncing it. And I tried, I listened to it so many times to try to get the pronunciation right. And I am so sorry. I have American mush mouth. He's been a political prisoner for 25 years. Five UN committees have opened cases on him. 18 other country governments, including the EU Parliament, Canada, US, and the UK, among others, have called for China to release him. Is this the kid who was kidnapped in the 90s? Yes. He's, like I said, to this day, no one has seen him and everyone is like, you need to let him go. We all know that you abducted him and his whole family. Let him go. No, I 100% think he's dead. He's absolutely dead. Because in May of 2020, the Chinese government alleged that he's totally still alive. And he's totally now a college graduate with a stable job. But, like, you wouldn't know him. You wouldn't see him because he goes to a different school. (laughs) He doesn't live here. He lives somewhere else. But, like, he's totally alive. You wouldn't know him because he doesn't go here. He doesn't go here. Um, but they've provided absolutely no evidence to support that claim, and they continue to refuse to let him out or let anybody meet with him. Yeah, and that's because that kid is dead. That child is dead, and so is his whole family. And it's crazy, and I learned about that today. So in that story, it was literally a blurb where it was like, oh, and in 1995, the Chinese government kidnapped this was kid. Was this like who's... on this day or like yes. 20 years ago this week It was 30 years ago this week? No, it was the YouTube video of like weird moments in 1995. And they did a recap of the whole year and like highlight things that happened because Charlie wanted to talk to me about the cult. And the cult popped up on there. And then they had this story. And that's the one where I said, that's an interesting story. They kidnapped this kid? And Charlie's like, oh, yeah, the kid who's totally dead? And I was like, yeah, I need to know more. And the cult that you were talking about was not the cult that has the dancers that are popular in Texas. No, it is not. It's, it's a different Chinese one. Cult. Yes. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we get to that another time. Yep, another time. Wow. That was it. 
What a what a strangely political episode. I know. In a fascinating way. Right? Very un um unintended, but a very unintended, a lot of information. But I think a very good episode, very informative. Very I informative. Love especially to know internationally an outsider's perspective. Oh my goodness, yes. I would love to hear an un American perspective on this. Tell us. Let us know what you think. But yeah. We're here for it's it. Wild. So, yeah, those are our stories. Thank you so much for listening to our show. If you want to support us, you can, of course, do that by subscribing to our Patreon. We have $1, $5, $10, and $15 tiers with awesome, awesome perks. We also have merch on our website, and we're developing more. Super exciting. Deadtime stories with a Z, all one word, dot com. And, of course, you can email us, deadtimestories at gmail.com. The best way you can support our show that doesn't cost you any money, because we understand it's a pandemic still, and shit happens. It's hard. It's hard out there for a pimp. All you have to do is go onto iTunes and give us a five-star review, and that puts us in the algorithm where more people can find us, and we'll have a really good time. It does. Thank you all so much. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And this has been Dead Dead Time Time Stories. Stories. Thank you for listening. We still fucked it up. It's fine. Everything's fine. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Curtison. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman. 